Well, those of you that um, have been coming for the last few weeks, Pastor Brandon has been in a series called The Character of God. Have you enjoyed that? Phenomenal. The power of God is showing up each and every Sunday. And I just want to let you know that it's part of our spiritual journey to find out and, and see the nature and character of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I want to let you know that tonight we're going we're gonna to go a little deeper and it's going to be kind of a sister message to his series that he's been doing. One of the most impactful, dynamic moments in all of history is where we're going to see the character and nature of God. And it's usually just submitted or taught around Easter. And tonight, we're going to have our Easter. And it starts on that night where there was the Last Supper. And of course, it culminated the next day with the death and burial and resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. But I want to start out tonight by letting you know and showing you how that night started. And then we're going to see the glory of God come through and the character of God like we've never seen before. Amen. Are y'all ready for the word tonight? This is how the Last Supper begins. It was just before the Passover feast Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. And I think most of us know the story. This is how it all began that night in the upper room. And we know it as the Last Supper. Quickly, the, the night transitioned to a meal. And then Jesus did the unthinkable. He washed their feet. That's the character of God on full display. He said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. And then the evening transitions to three chapters full in the book of John of him teaching his disciples and getting them ready for what was about to happen. He taught on many subjects. He taught on the Holy Spirit, the coming of the Comforter. And then the seed of betrayal was birthed in one of his disciples named Judas. And once the meal ended and the, the teachings ended, our Lord and Savior slipped away 
and went into a garden. And, and this is my really my only point tonight. To really understand the character of God, you have to know the garden. Amen. And I want to take you to this garden. Many of us were in Israel back in September. And I'm going to take you and show you some pictures of what the Garden of Gethsemane looks like and what happened in me. on that day the first picture this is at the point where we got dropped off by a bus and of course there's excitement in us because we don't know what the day is going to look like we just know we're going we're going to see the city of Jerusalem and right where this picture was taken is what's called the Mount of Olives. And that's where we got dropped off really at the top. And we got off and our tour guide began explaining things to us because there's a lot to take hold of that day. This is just a really a small caption of what it is, but of course we had some time to take pictures and we um, even had time with a camel. Some of our team actually rode a camel right here at the Mount of Olives. For me, uh, it didn't go too well with a camel because um, the camel snapped at me. Have you ever been around a camel that's had an attitude? No? Well, I have. I just wanted to slap that thing upside the head, but you know, I'm a Christian. I got to do the right thing. You know? And so again, our tour guide is explaining on the left is this, and here is where John the Baptist lived. And right in front of us is the dome of the rock and around it is the city walls. And we know about the Eastern gate and the Western gate and all these gates. And we're getting a, we're getting a history download. And you're like at a fire hydrant trying to get a little small drink of water and it just keeps coming and it just keeps coming and you're learning things. And what we found out is we were up on top of this hill and in, in front are graves and they're very, they're ancient, they're very old. And down in the bottom is, is what's called the Kidron Valley. And it's a stream and it's a valley that runs kind of north-south and we're looking eastward right here. And then something got a hold of me that day that began rattling in my spirit and it still rattles my spirit. He tells us to the bottom right and as it goes down is the Garden of Gethsemane. He tells us we're going to be walking there in a little while. And at that point, I don't know what came over me, but a nervous excitement came over me and I could not shake it. I didn't tell anyone. I just 
okay, what's going on? Am I feeling a little off because we're high altitude? I don't know. And so we began walking methodically and it took us a while to get to and every now and then we would stop and he would give us more information about what we're seeing. And then as we kept getting closer, I didn't know what to expect of the Garden of Gethsemane. I, I really didn't. And so again, I'm, I'm nervous, I'm, but I'm also excited because I'm in Jerusalem. And then we get really, really close. And I want to give you a, the next picture shows kind of a, a little small aerial view. This is the Garden of Gethsemane. It's surrounded by the very right-hand side is called the Church of All Nations. It's a Catholic church. And right behind is another building. I forget what it was. But then there's a street on the left and a street in front. And, and it's kind of walled, but I, I'm, I'm not picturing this as the Garden of Gethsemane. It, it looks more from the aerial like maybe a little park in a city. And so we walk and we get closer and we get closer and we get closer. And the nervousness does not stop. In fact, it increases. Because all of a sudden my mind is going to Jesus and what happened when the Last Supper ended. And we can go to the next couple pictures. You'll see it's olive trees and there are pathways. By the way, the, the whole area is, is only about 13,000 square feet. And if you do that in acres and property, maybe close to a third of an acre. And that's Somewhat most lots here in Lafayette are a quarter to a third of an acre, right? In subdivisions, roughly, okay? So it's not that big. We could not walk in here because there are iron like gates, if you will, or fencing all around. And you can go to the next one, Doug. And here's another one. In this picture right here, they consider this an olive tree that was there when Jesus was in this garden. And so even Pastor Brandon gave a little devotional um, at, at the Garden of Gethsemane. But I just couldn't shake what was going inside of me. And I kept picturing what Jesus went through and me the way I'm wired I wonder if that's the tree where he prayed I wonder if that's what and, and you know you, you start thinking now obviously these buildings were not there when Jesus was there it was much bigger and it was land there were no buildings and churches like we know of it today right and so this basically is what is left it's an area with pathways of olive trees. There were some flowers and other things growing. But I'm telling you, there was a, a, a peace there. And it was quiet. Even though we're kind of in the middle of a, of, of a busy part of the city, 
And so I just wanted to show you what I saw that day, what we saw. And yesterday morning, I got up, wasn't thinking about the Garden of Gethsemane. And the Lord shook me and said, Rob, this is what I want you to tell the people about. And in this garden, we will see the character of God come out like we've been hearing on Sundays from Pastor Brandon. And so would, would you me, do me a favor and just put your listening ears on to, to see what we can extract from Scripture? Would y'all be okay to do that? And even this morning, there was just something inside of me that would not let this go. Nothing was going to stop me from telling you to know the character of God, you got to know the garden. Amen. And we may read it here and there, and we may read it only at the time of Easter, but I felt like we needed to look at it tonight. And I just want to show you in a couple scriptures of how the character of God came out in the Garden of Gethsemane. And here we go in Luke chapter 22. And it's right here in scripture. You see the character of God. It says, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives. That right there, I stopped in my tracks. I said, Jesus went there often. It became a habit for him to go to the Mount of Olives, to go to the Garden of Gethsemane. He made it a habit, a practice of going there often. So get this, our Lord and Savior had to go to the garden. I wonder why. That's an open-ended question right there. But it says he went out usual, as usual, to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw behind them, knelt down and what? Wait a minute. Jesus prayed? The Savior of the world knelt and prayed? Did he really have to pray? It says that he knelt and prayed. He not only went there often, but what he was doing was business with the Father. And that is a true character of God, of him praying. Then he says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared and what? I can't hear you strengthened him. You mean the God of this world in this universe needed some help? Well, doesn't that make him weak? It makes him human. 
I'm trying to connect you to Jesus a little deeper. Can you tell? Jesus Christ needed to be strengthened because you see what he was about to endure. Not only that night, but the next day. And then verse 44, it says this, and being in anguish, he prayed earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. That's actually a true medical statement of sweating blood. I don't know, I'm not a medical person, but I, I think what happens is between the layers, the capillaries get filled and they burst. And the next thing, instead of sweat, under high stress, high anguish, high pressure activities, you can actually sweat blood. And there are documents or documentaries on that information happening. And this is how much pressure he was under. Have you ever felt pressure, stress? You know, let me see your hand. Anybody? Or am I just the only one? Our Lord and Savior went often. He prayed. He knelt. He got strengthened. But he was also dealing with the anguish of the betrayal of Judas. Because he knew. He was about to be into the hands of the enemy. My friends, in order to know the character of God, you have to know the garden. Amen. I'm going to give you two more things out of Scripture that tells us how to know the garden a little deeper. I mentioned Judas. Well, here we go. In John chapter 18. Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place. He knew where Garden of Gethsemane was. Because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. It was a meeting place for them. And then it says, so Judas came to the grove. Remember I said it was a grove of olive trees? You know what Gethsemane stands for? An oil press. He's anguishing and the drops of blood are being poured out. And how do they make olives? We actually saw in the city of Nazareth a, 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 an area of where they actually uh, used to, to do the olives and they showed us how it, you know, it's a big stone and it, and it rolls and, and it, it puts pressure. And that was the pressure that Jesus was under on this night. And it says here that Judas came to the grove. He was on a mission to point Jesus out to, to the enemy, right? We know that. But if you notice, Jesus didn't stop him. He didn't call his security team, hey, take him out. He let it unfold. And what unfolded, it says this, so Judas came to the grove guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. Uh, let me tell you, Judas was extended a lot of grace and mercy in this garden of Gethsemane. He had already made a plan 
to meet up with the soldiers. And this was no ordinary little five police officer police unit. I want to give you some information about this band of soldiers. These soldiers were highly trained in the area of warfare. In fact, they were trained in an area, there's a tower, I don't know if it's still there today, but it's called the Tower of Antony, or no, Antonia. You want to know who it's named after? Mark Antony. Ever heard of him and Julius Caesar and Cleopatra? Not only was it a large tower, but there was, it was a massive courtyard. And it was like a SWAT team, police academy type of training that happened in this courtyard. And the estimates are that on this night, there were between three and 600 officers and SWAT team and special forces and police officers and soldiers to take down one man. You see, if you want to know the character of God, you got to know the garden. So these were highly trained soldiers. In fact, they had weapons that were top of the line in all the world. They were coming in full force. And they came in with their lanterns and weapons. But I want to let you know something of what happened to all of these soldiers in the garden. Look what happens in, continuing in John 18 and verse 4, it says, Jesus, knowing all of this was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, who is it that you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they reply. He says, I am he. And Judas the traitor was standing there with him. And look what it says in verse 6. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. There was power in the garden that night. Can anybody say amen? Power in the garden. And it wasn't like they were like, oh, you know. No, it says that they fell back. And one scholar said it was, it was as if nothing stopped them. They just, from, from a, a standstill, straight back and hit the ground. All because Jesus said, it's me. I'm the one you want. I am he. And it doesn't stop there. It's right here in Scripture. In Luke, Luke records it. In verse, in chapter 22, in verse 49, it says, when Jesus's followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, that was Peter who did this, by the way, cutting off his right ear. Peter wanted to take him on. But Jesus answered, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and what? Now here's the Lord 
the savior of the world sweating droplets in so much anguish and so much pain of what is about to happen to him and he offers healing see that's the character of God amen are y'all getting something out of this because I am And so we see here that Jesus simply healed in the garden. That's who we serve. Amen. We don't serve family life church. We serve a risen Savior. Who has a just a connection to the people. He's not far off in some faraway land playing hopscotch he's here today so that we can connect to him and see the character and nature of God again just like what we've been seeing from Pastor Brandon in his Sunday series we serve an awesome God don't we and so Doug if you could put up that last scripture um, excuse me last uh, picture this is the Garden of Gethsemane. I, I, I took that picture. I was there. And then, not long after we left the garden, we walked towards the Kidron Valley and, and did some more touring. And, and I think this was just me and... and I could be wrong, but I think the reason I had so much nervous excitement was because I knew ahead of time what happened here. We saw a lot of amazing things in Israel, no doubt, but this one was top for me. Because now that we know what happened there, character and nature of God comes through to us and delivers help to us. Amen. And, and I'm so thankful that I got to go there. But this picture right here is just ingrained in my mind every day. And so my, my heart for us is let's not just think about what happened on these events come Easter time I think we need to think about this every single day so if you're struggling you got to know the garden if you're going through a time of depression you, you have to know what happened in the garden if you've been battling a, an infirmity and, and just battling and, and, and there's just no movement you, you've got to know what happened in the garden if you're struggling personally you have to know what happened here on this night. And of course we know they didn't take Jesus away. He offered himself. And we know the end result. He went through what we call a kangaroo court. And then the next day he breathed his last.
But the tomb was opened. And out came Jesus Christ. With everything that had happened at the Last Supper and being betrayed, the kiss of betrayal, as some people call it, and the emotional weight that he endured in the garden. Oh, and I forgot this, his disciples <laughs> fell asleep. Thanks, guys, appreciate it. I needed y'all the most. But he continued to show his love and his grace upon Judas and his healing upon this man. I think his name is Malchus. I think his name is in the Bible. It just, it does my soul good to know that our Lord and Savior is this caring and this compassionate towards his people. And no matter what you are going through or what you have gone through or what you may go through, I just want you to remember this night and this saying, you got to know the garden. Amen. In fact, on the count of three, I want you to say it with me. One, two, three, know the garden. I think it's the most beautiful garden in all the world. Even though it has decreased over the years, it still shows where Jesus went that night before his crucifixion. Y'all get anything out of this tonight? I just want you to stand up with me as we sort of put a closing on this night. I know these pictures really don't do it justice, but I, I had to show you kind of an aerial view and, 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 and a, a true picture of what the garden looks like. From my heart to your heart. I don't want us to continue walking down a path thinking that God doesn't know me. He doesn't care about me. He does. Can you tell that He cares about you because of what we just read? He goes to battle for us each and every day. So I think we should pray, go often to a closet or whatever, a place of prayer. We should thank the Lord. We should know the garden. We should know the character of God, that he's for us and not against us. And so I, I just want you to bow your head. If you say, Rob, man, I, I, I've been struggling quite a bit, thinking that maybe God isn't here for me. God isn't real. Or you, maybe you just feel a little bit of distance between you and your heavenly father. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. Just be honest and raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Hands going up. Well, I just pray that tonight that the distance has been removed 
and taken away. And your soul gets rejuvenated tonight. And no longer shall there be any type of anguish or any pressure or anything keeping you away from a relationship with Him. And so, Father, I pray over your congregation tonight, especially those who raise their hands. We know, Father, that you endured so much even before the crucifixion. But, Lord, you loved. You came in love. In fact, chapter 13 begins with love. And you ended everything with love by coming out of that grave. And so, Lord, we're thanking you for just the Garden of Gethsemane. We know it means olive press or oil press, but Lord, we know that you have come to remove that pressure off of us tonight. You have come, Lord, to give us, uh, Lord, a new life and a joy in our life. Lord, I pray, Lord, as we go about our day tonight, tomorrow, whenever, Lord, that we will remember that we've got to know the Garden. We know, Lord, the character and nature of God is a loving God who loves us. And so, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the deeper connection that we can go to as individuals, maybe deeper connection as husbands and wives, as families, Lord, because of what we just heard and because of what we've just seen. And so I pray, Lord, as your people go out here, that they will meet you in a real way, in a personal way like never before. We thank you for your word that has come alive tonight. We thank you for the grace of God that's over us tonight. We thank you, Lord, as we, Lord, symbolically walk through the Garden of Gethsemane with you. We see. We see the evidence of the love. We see the evidence of forgiveness. We see the evidence of grace and mercy. that is given to each one of us. And so, Lord, I pray over your congregation tonight, even those that are watching online. I pray, Lord, that you continue to speak to us and show us who you are. And so, Lord, I pray for this night and for this word to sink deep down inside of us and let it challenge us, Lord, to think about the Garden of Gethsemane each and every day. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. Well, hallelujah. Well, listen, thank you all for coming. Don't forget, you want to sign up for a serve team uh, party. If you haven't, you, you only have not, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, like uh, during Thanksgiving Sunday. That's it. You won't be able to come after that. So please, please, please register. Thank you all for coming. We love you all. Y'all have a blessed evening.